Does anyone remember during the Hoenn League Championships if there was a point where Corfish was hit with a, a sleep effect, but it was still moving around, all animated and excited, so it was considered invalid? Anime Guy brought that question to me on Twitter, and I, I'm ashamed to say I, I don't remember. And I mean, I guess we'll find out the answer when I finally get around to covering those episodes, or, or just give them a rewatch because I'm bored, but... I'm going to throw it out to all of you guys. Does anyone remember any any weird shenanigans related to Corfish and its uh, zest for life that interfered with Pokemon League rules during the championships? While you're all searching for that info and or furiously shouting at your, at your internet with the answer, I'm going to welcome you all out to Peak Happy Podcast. Hello, so nice to have you here. This is a Pokemon anime podcast that attempts to go through the entire series and give sort of an overarching Pidgey-eye view of Ash Ketchum's Pokemon journey. And the Pokemon world at large were full of nerdy discussion and sometimes not nerdy discussion. Sometimes I'm just critiquing Team Rocket's costume choices. But I am delighted to have you all listening. Today we're going to be covering Advanced Generation episode number 25, A Mudkip Mission. But before we get into that, a word from our sponsor. So, Pokemon London International Championships. A lot of people went. One of those was Steven from PokePress. One who didn't was myself. <laughs> but I am not alone. There were many people who were not fortunate enough to go either as a competitor or other participant, and that's why you should check out PokePress on YouTube, because Steven covered the event as a spectator and, and even got some playing in pre-release events, so you can live vicariously through him as he gets those videos uploaded and, and share some of those experiences. Maybe it'll get you excited to go to the championships yourself. I know I'm Grovile Green with Envy. The pre-release events do sound kind of fun. The more he talks about them, the more they sound kind of like an episode of Chopped to me, where you're just given, you're just given stuff and you have to make it work. <laughs> there's a real fun to like, you know, choosing your deck carefully and refining it and everything. But there's also a bit of excitement in opening that pack and being like, I don't know what's going to come out and use a different side of your creative brain, I guess. Anyway, check out PokePress for more info on that, and I'll have a link on my blog page. Um, I'll give you that info at the end of the episode. Uh, Steven's got a video from day one up, more to come, along with many other fun and Pokemon-tastic content to check out. So again, that is PokePress on YouTube. You can also find them at pokepress.blogspot.com. 
But moving on from the London International Championships to someone who is preparing for the Hoenn Regional Championship. That is Ash Ketchum in Advanced Generation Episode 25, and the episode starts out right off the bat, Maze being a weirdo. Like... All of these kids are weird in their own way. Brock has his girl-crazy tendencies. Max has that weird appreciation for pain when learning's involved. And we're going on like six or seven years documenting Ash's acts of lunacy, but May is an odd, oddball child. And when people complain like, oh, Haruka's so boring, May has no personality, this is one of her traits that I trot out in this scene here, because how... Character develops over time is one discussion, but my goodness, this girl does have a personality, and it's weird. It's a personality that doesn't need to adhere to reality. Again, always surprised that she and Ash don't get along better. But what May's doing is holding her hands out as if they formed the edges of a camera frame, and she's, like, shooting nature while she's walking and narrating her adventures as if she's in a documentary. And since no one else is acting like that's weird, we can assume she's been doing it for hours. But you can see, like, May clearly does love travel and discovery, and that's still the part of the journey she's most invested in. And maybe she also has a passing interest in journalism? Hmm. We'll see if that develops over time, but it never supersedes coordinating, so... Just a hobby, maybe. Ash is invested in training, and the goal of the day is to follow the river and train and battle Pokemon along the way. It plays to everyone's interests, May keeps up narrating, no one tells her to stop, even when the gang runs into an obstacle and May just keeps going like, our heroes have hit an enormous waterfall, what will they do? Like, we should just get her an actual camera. Or, or have her hang out with Luke from Unova. They could have a lot of fun together. Or he might complain that she's, like, wasting all his film. I don't know. Anyway, as May said, the gang's path is blocked by a waterfall, with cliffs too steep to climb. Not even a Magikarp could get up that, Max says. <laughs> Silly Max, Magikarp can do anything. Especially if you teach them bounce. Uh, but the kids will get up that waterfall, they just need a little ingenuity and help from their Pokémon. Brock ties a rock to a rope and has Lotad use water gun to shoot it up to the top, and the weight helps the rope wrap around the tree, physics, blah. The boys all climb up, but May actually utilized Silcoon's string shot to carry her up, so she ends up getting to the top first. No group solidarity, but well played. So now they're at the top of the waterfall, they're kind of following an offshoot of the river, it moves a little slower, there's a nice mist, and the ground is soft and muddy. A perfect home for a Pokemon I've heard is very well-liked, Mudkip. Even May is warming up to them, like her first encounter uh, with one was lackluster at best. But these ones are newborns and adorable. And she's a fan right up until she tries to catch one, and an adult Mudkip uses Water Gun. Well, while all that happens, one of the babies falls into the river, and the current's a bit weaker, but still enough to carry a young Pokemon away. And once it rejoins the main river, over the waterfall baby Mudkip will go. So, Brock asks Lotad to jump in there and help. Lotad swims over and manages to fish up Mudkip, but can't fight the current to get back to shore. 
and Brock's now really worried. But then one of the more mature Mudkip jumps in, grabs Lotad, and is able to tow it and the baby Mudkip sitting on Lotad's head back to shore. Brock's really impressed. I mean, swimming against the current is an impressive feat no matter who you are. And Brock is able to talk to Mudkip a bit, um, but it's not really a fan of strangers, so they only share a few words before Ash and the crew get too close, and then that hero Mudkip is back to hiding in the bushes. Although, baby Mudkip doesn't run off. It's a fan of Brock and Lotad and all sundry, I'm sure. Saving, saving one's life will do that. Popping out of the bushes just then is a weirdly coiffed man. Um, May's expedition crew documents the appearance of this Mudkip transformed into an aged monster. Apparently this old guy is a, is a friend to the Mudkip here. He helped raise them. He's very protective. His name is Old Man Swamp, or Swampy. And Ash just runs with that, like, like, there's actual human contact and hanging off this guy. We talked about May being a weirdo, like, she and Ash should get along so much better than they do. I'm not sure what's gotten into Ash here, though. Like, not only is he being a, a weirdo and kind of perving on this guy in some of the shots, like, he just doesn't touch people that often, so I, I don't know what's, what's happened. Old Man Swampy, like, one of his character traits is that he kind of gives out too much information, so I'm guessing Ash responded in kind, like, we're buddies now! It might be something lost in translation, but, like, wow, I have never seen this kid look so smarmy. We also have another instance of, uh, there's no people or poaching allowed here, where did you kids come from? This time, it's how did you get through the fence? Like, I don't remember seeing a fence in this episode. Brock's like, oh, we followed the river in. And Old Man Swampy's like, what the hey, does no one respect the sanctity of roads? He gets over it quickly. Like, these kids did save a mudkip, and they don't mean any harm. But still, trespassing! Little more caution, kids. You're getting a horrible reputation. Uh, but Swampy takes the kids back to his house, where we find out where professors and other institutions get the regional starter Pokemon. It may vary a bit, after all, goodness knows where and how Oak got Pikachu, but Swampy's job is to raise Pokemon eggs given to him by the Pokemon League, and then pass them on to the regional professor and like institutions to be given as a young person's starter Pokemon. And while May's filming this on her non-existent camera, Ash shares a cute little moment with Pikachu. Like, the animation in Hoenn, man, just a huge step up from last season that we can get little background character things like this while other action is taking place and group shots where everyone does things, not just the character talking. Like, oh my heart. But Swampy explains here, the first three starter Pokemon kids receive are all raised to exactly the same level. Whatever level means in the anime, remember, levels and experience seem to work a little differently. Not so numerical. But they're all about the same in, like, age and skill level and ability, these Pokemon. So no one's getting a Torchic that's a breath away from evolving, or a Trico that only just learned to walk. Like, it's a pretty fair choice. And Swampy is one of the guys in charge of that. He's got specifications on how to raise the Pokemon so they develop well without training them in a way that's going to impede the new trainers. And there's a few people charged with this task, all doing similar work so that the new trainers have roughly identical choices to make when the time comes. 
There is some variation. Apparently, Professor Birch catches and raises the starter Pokemon he gives out himself. So, that implies Swampy gives his out to Pokemon centers or, or other places? Which might shed some light on a question I've had for a while, like, what if the kid going on a journey doesn't live near a regional professor? Like, this this might solve that for me, knowing that there are people providing Pokemon to some sort of institution for people who don't necessarily go through Professor Oak or Professor Birch or etc. The kids are amazed with this info. Like, they've never thought about this. Well, maybe Max has, uh, but by the look on Pikachu's face, he hasn't thought about it either. And Pikachu is not a normal starter, so Penny for his thoughts right now. I imagined how Pikachu feels about the starter Pokemon system has changed quite dramatically over the past few years. And this field is not quite what Brock's getting to with Pokemon breeding, but it does share some crossover, so this is a good opportunity for him to see what Swampy does and watch the Mudkip hatch right before his eyes. And while doing that, he's able to talk with Swampy about the other Mudkip, the one that helped Lotad save the baby earlier. And that's actually not one of the ones Swampy raised. It's a wild Pokemon that just kind of sneaks in from time to time. And it's become friends with the other Mudkip and looks out for them, protects them. But it's, you know, it's been living in the wild and kind of training itself. It's so much older and more mature than its friends. Swampy's worried about it because... Soon these Mudkip are all going to go to new trainers and it'll be alone. It's a little too old and self-trained to be a great starting Pokemon for a new trainer. And every little baby Mudkip it makes friends with is eventually just going to leave it. So that's kind of sad. It seems to be surrounded by friends, but it's really alone. Meanwhile, uh, Team Rocket is looking for the twerps and actively ignoring posted signs. And breaking down the fence, like... There's trespassing, and then there is trespassing. I'd say Team Rocket could just hop over the fence, like, no need to destroy private property. But if they want to do this the hard way, I'm not going to stop them. They get their Pokemon to break down the wooden fence into the Mudkip grounds, and eventually succeed when Cacnea uses Needle Arm to knock James through the fence. That is one way to do it. Uh, but Wobbuffet triggers a homemade alarm, um, a bunch of cans jingling on a tripwire, so Swampy and the kids run off to intercept, save Brock, who sees that one Mudkip in the bushes and goes chasing after it. And while he's trying to befriend Mudkip, Old Man Swampy and the kids run into Team Rocket. At this point, all Team Rocket has done is busted a fence, which is bad, but they don't know what this place is, if there's anything of value. It's just like, well, we'll see if the twerps are around. Must be something cool going on. I mean, Ash is a magnet for that stuff, and we'll try to steal Pikachu, maybe. Like, Team Rocket's completely clueless. Swampy is the one who's like, I'm trading Mudkip for the Pokemon League! You want to steal them, don't you? And Team Rocket's like, yeah, thanks for the tip. But, you know, secrecy and subtlety are not part of Swampy's nature. Like, have you seen that haircut? Nothing subtle about this man. And he shouts to everyone, You know, if you busted up the dam, the water would flood this area and wash away the baby Mudkip, and they'd have nowhere to live. And Max is like, Why would you even say that? Like, really? Why? 
So Team Rocket, of course, jumps on this plan, render baby Pokemon helpless and easy for catching. Um, Cacnea gives James some hugs and then chucks him at the dam, busting it right up, and now we gotta save some baby Mudkip. Uh, Brock and that one older Mudkip see the tidal wave breaking over the river and are like, Oh, dear. <laughs> Brock calls out Fortress to help. Uh, Fortress uses rapid spin to sort of disperse the water a bit and hold it back. So Lotad and Brock can both fish baby Mudkip out of the water. And the older Mudkip saves a few as well. And then Fortress pulls out and they all run for higher ground. Only to find out they left a man behind. There's still one baby Mudkip left. So, older Mudkip jumps into the river for the rescue. It gets to the baby, but they're gonna go straight over the falls, dun-dun-dun. And they do go over, at least part way. The two Mudkip go over the edge, but halfway down, somehow, the bigger Mudkip grabbed a rock and just clings for dear life, just hanging there while water pounds on them, and Brock runs over to help. Um, he grabs some rope from Swampy's jingling can alarm system and uses it to climb down to the mudkip. Or not climb so much because he basically dives into the water like Geronimo! Like not even over the edge of the cliff, like into the river, like least efficient way to do this rescue. Just lets himself go over the falls. Points for drama, but what if you hit mudkip on the way down, moron? Still. It is nice to know that Brock can be just as nutso-crazy as Ash in his own way. Anyway, he's able to get down there, get Mudkip to trust him a little, and soon holds both Mudkips securely in his arms, so Ash and company can pull them all back up. And now we just gotta fight a Team Rocket robot. A disturbing robot design, a humanoid meant to dig up the swamp and all the Mudkips, so the gang runs back there to fight this this thing of nightmares. It seems impossible at first. Team Rocket's just scooping up Mudkip like a happy villager harvesting potatoes, but Brock hits on an idea. The ground here is so soft and muddy, the weight of the robot is just sinking into the swamp. So why not help that along? He asks all the water Pokemon to use Water Gun, soak the ground. And that works. Team Rocket's robot sinks into the ground, immobile. Mudkip can save all the babies, and then it's Ash and Pikachu's turn with Thunderbolt. Well, Brock and Mudkip have bonded so well. And Mudkip can't make any lasting friends while it's living here. All its buddies soon leave to bond with their trainers and go on journeys. This one here is forever left behind, so... So maybe it should travel with someone who also knows... Uh, being forever alone in, in that Brock is constantly rejected by girls. If it's found a friend in Brock, like, maybe Mudkip wants to go on a journey of its own. Swampy suggests it. How does Mudkip feel about that? Well, I heard Mudkip likes Brock's. So this is a win-win situation. And thus we get a new Pokemon in the traveling party. Mudkip's pretty cool, a little... A little more low-key and rational than Lotad. Although I gotta say, if I were Brock's mother, I would have some words with him when he returns home. He was getting so snippy about that dual-type Pokemon gem idea with the water and the rocks. 
Although that would be funny if it's been like a secret desire of Brock's to like train water Pokemon, but he's denied himself for so long because he's been the gym leader at Pewter City. Although his mindset probably is, like, being that he's in training to be a Pokemon breeder, he does need to deal with more than one type, more than just rock Pokemon, so. While he never, like, sets out specifically to catch any of these Pokemon, it does work really well with his career goals. And since we don't have Misty traveling with us anymore, we do need somebody to be able to fill some of those, fill some of those roles. The gang seems to find themselves in, in precarious situations a lot. Best to have all bases covered. Anyway, that takes us to the end of the episode. We are step-by-step step getting closer to our gym battle rematch. We haven't seen Brawly for a while. It's easy to forget about him, but I'm sure Ash has not. Anyway, if you have any comments on this episode as we move along, you should visit pcappypodcast.blogspot.com or find us on Facebook and Twitter at Podcast, or send an email to pcappypodcast at gmail.com. Especially if you know the answer concerning Corfish. Corfish and its sleepwalking, faint-walking tendencies that may or may not have occurred, because I can't remember. <laughs> Solve this mystery for us all before it keeps me up at night. Anyway, thank you so much for listening to the episode. Until next time, this has been Peacappy Podcast. Gotta catch them all! <laughs>